You are listening to the Be The Bridge podcast with Latasha Morrison. How are you guys doing today? It's exciting. Each week, Be The Bridge podcast tackles subjects related to race and culture with the goal of bringing understanding. But I'm going to do it in the spirit of love. We believe understanding can move us toward racial healing, racial equity, and racial unity. Latasha Morrison is the founder of Be The Bridge, which is an organization responding to racial brokenness and systemic injustice in our world. This podcast is an extension of our vision to make sure people are no longer conditioned by a racialized society, but grounded in truth. If you have not hit the subscribe button, please do so now. Without further ado, let's begin today's podcast. Oh, and stick around for some important information at the end. Justin Holliday has come in for Golden State. Justin Holliday, good awareness there. Holliday with a steal. And Holliday wins the foot race. Holliday! Oh, man, that is worth another look. How about hanging, showing, pulling back, and finishing? Don't worry. You did not tune into a sports podcast by accident. And no, I am not Latasha. But you will hear her throughout today's podcast. Hello, I am Tandria Potts, and I will be your guest host guiding you through today's conversation. As Latasha mentioned in the last podcast, she is recovering from surgery. She's doing well and is thankful for all of your well wishes and prayers. Earlier, what you heard were highlights of today's guest, Justin Holiday. Justin is an NBA basketball player who currently plays for the Indiana Pacers. He won a championship ring and made history as being one of three brothers to play at the same time in the NBA. For some of you, this is the first year you've paid close attention to the NBA because of the bubble. Let me explain. The 2020 NBA bubble was the isolation zone at Walt Disney World in Florida that was created by the NBA to protect its players from the COVID-19 pandemic during the final eight games of the NBA regular season and throughout the NBA playoffs. 22 of the 30 NBA teams were invited to participate with games being held behind closed doors at the ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex. What made this especially compelling is that the NBA not only allowed the players in the bubble to express themselves by altering traditional sports attire with political and social justice messages, but the floor of the NBA bubble arena bore the statement, Black Lives Matter. The NBA and its players' bold stand became a tipping point, inspiring other athletes and sports franchises around the world to follow suit. Many are accustomed to hearing from athletes like LeBron James and Steph Curry, but the bubble, the bubble allowed other athletes to not only share the spotlight, but to make their voices heard in the quest for equality. Now let's back up a bit and go back to life in the bubble. Let's pick up Latasha's conversation with Justin right here. You know, we wanted to do a podcast to really just highlight voices and how, um, you know, just people from the the sports industry. You are also citizens. Um, You know, you have families, um, you know, um, you're exercising your right and using your voice, you know, um, to talk about the things that are are plaguing our country and um, and, and our culture. And and so um, I love um, some of the stuff that you're doing. I did follow you along in, in the bubble. Um, your YouTube channel mm-hmm. um, that you had just to get a behind the, the scenes look. But yeah. what was so intriguing to me is just to the fact that um, just 
how you know the the universe would work in the sense of you having your your two brothers there with you you know yeah. um in this time um what was that like having your brothers in the bubble with you it made it easier uh-huh. um you know making my decision cuz i was trying to decide i didn't i wasn't with it at first uh struggle with if i wanted to go back or not and okay. um them being there helped my decision on on being able to go so one of my brothers plays with me. Um, some people don't know that. So, yeah, I have a brother that does play with me. So we were together every day until we were able to see uh, Drew, who was at a different hotel. So we would visit him at times. But okay. it was nice for us to have some time to be able to see one another. Because this is the most we were able to see Drew within a oh, month, two okay. months span than we usually would um, okay. during the season. So it was good to be able to see him yeah. as well. For some players, being in the bubble, I'm sure, was difficult. But if you grew up in a Christian household, being in a bubble is somewhat a way of life. You'll see what I mean. Let's pick up the conversation here. Where did you grow up, and how did how did that you know affect your point of view as okay. it relates to Jess? I'm gonna try to make this make this <laughs> as short as I possibly okay. can. Okay, okay, good. <laughs> uh, let me see. So. I'm from L.A. I was born okay. in L.A. Uh, myself and Drew were 14 months apart, so we were both born in L.A. Oh. And Lauren. So Lauren oh. is, I don't know how many years younger. Aaron's seven younger than me. She's five, I think. Okay. okay. I get the, the age <laughs> I mixed get up. It. <laughs> so the first three were born in California. We actually ended up moving to Cal- uh, Louisiana, Russell, Louisiana, when I was five. Okay. So grew up in California for a little bit. Was so young. I don't really. I remember things, but not as much. I really mm. started growing up in Louisiana, and so when we moved to Louisiana, that's kind of like how we set the base of how we were going to be raised and how things were going on. And the first and foremost the thing was we grew up in the church. We we're in the uh-huh. church from day one. Right. Um, and I remember going to the church in Ruston. That's why I say Ruston was that. And so from uh-huh. five to nine, in those years, which were years of developing a lot, of, a lot of developmental milestones you go through in those years. I was. Right in a community that was around going to church and all my friends were kids I went to church with. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, time though, kind of in the sense of being in the bubble. Oh, in the okay. bubble of, yeah. you're not experiencing too much of, uh, life I don't, don't want to say real life, but like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I know what you're saying. <laughs> good thing is, we moved back to California when I was nine. So okay. then now I'm going to school, I'm going to school with kids are cussing and. yeah. And so I was able to, you know, as I remember actually the first day going back to school, I came home like mommy's kids are cussing at school. And because, you know, I wasn't around people that cuss. Right, right. And so as bad as that might seem to some people, it was a good thing because now we're able to actually see what life was really like. So right. kind of starting off in that bubble in a sense in Ruston and being protected and being in the church and having everybody goes to church and kind of on the uh-huh. same wavelength was a good thing to kind of start us off. Right. Uh, and then going to California, going back to California was good for us too because we we're actually able to, uh, you know, grow and see who we were uh, in right. real life. And so just our parents really instilling in us, you know, the Lord. And then um, just being hard workers, uh, trying to enjoy life, being right. positive and respecting other people. Right. And that's just kind of how we, my parents did a great job of, I guess, instilling that in us. And that's how we try to conduct ourselves uh, yeah. today. About three in 10,000 high school basketball players make it to the NBA. Three in 10,000. Justin and his family had to have unbelievable dedication and passion for basketball to even decide to actively pursue such a difficult path, which meant they had to have laser focus. Listen to how that plays into today's discussion. Shoot, I've been playing basketball all my life. Uh-huh. Uh, 
been playing sports all of our life. So the day we started was very, very young. Uh, my parents both played basketball. So we oh, okay. grew up with our parents, you know, playing at the park and going to watch my dad play oh, with, okay. you know, friends at the park or church friends or his friends from, you know, he went to college with, uh, as well as my mom playing in rec leagues and things like that. So okay. we grew up around uh, basketball specifically, but playing all type of sports. Um, and the funny thing is our parents never forced us to play basketball. And a lot okay. of people, a lot of people would think or can look at our situation like, oh, they were all just, oh, we're going to breed basketball players and do this. It's like, no. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad actually, you know, both of them both played basketball at a very high level. My mom played for the first women's uh, professional league that folded. And my okay. dad actually was in, I forgot what draft he was in. I think he got drafted in some later rounds because the rounds were, there were a whole bunch of rounds back in the day in drafts. And uh-huh. his agent left him. And so long story short, in trying to get there, he was just like, you know what? I think he ended up having me or something and didn't pursue it. But he always told himself, if my kids wanted to play, I'm going to do the best I can to help them to get there. Oh, and wow. so, But he never forced us to. He was like, if you want to go in the gym, if you want to play basketball. He actually had us playing baseball. Uh-huh. We were playing soccer. I was actually on a travel soccer team before I was on base- basketball. Okay. So okay. I played other sports. Baseball wasn't really fun to us, so we stopped there early. But <laughs> basketball is just what ended up, like, it's just what we love to do. Um, uh-huh. And again, I, I'm assuming my parents have an influence on that. Okay. But at the same time, uh, we love playing basketball. And so mm-hmm. I've been playing for before high school. I was playing travel ball before then, AAU before then. Okay. And so once I got to high school, you know, it was like, this is what, this is what we do. It's what we love to do. Mm-hmm. But it was something that we took so seriously. We worked at it all the time. Uh, wow. To where we weren't going to parties all the time. You know, there was times yeah. when we, we went to parties in high school, but like, like what we actually enjoyed doing was getting in the basketball gym and working on our right, game. Right, right. That was fun to us. We'll be in there all night. So uh, when I got to high school, that's just what it was. It was easy, you know, for us to do that because yeah. hard work was normal to us. Right, right. You know, people say, "Oh, you work so hard." It was like, well, I think that's a normal thing to do. I feel like working hard is how we were raised yeah. to be. And yeah. so growing up in high school, playing basketball is all I wanted to do. So that's kind of mm-hmm. where my mind was. So when things happen outside of basketball, yes, they were thought about. Um, and like I wrote a letter, uh, you know, in the Players' Tribune, and I talked about, you know, in the past when certain things like this happened, you would make sure we would pray for, we would feel and, and, and hurt for, you know, when certain things happen. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I didn't know about a lot of things that happened around that age. Okay. okay. I... Uh, you know, was making sure I was taking care of school. I was playing basketball, but I wasn't on social media like that. I don't even right, know if social media right, was. Right. I think MySpace was a big yeah, deal, maybe. but like <laughs> MySpace wasn't what yeah. Instagram is and how you see news and people talk. So like, I didn't right. know what was going on. I didn't watch the news. We right. didn't grow up watching the news. We, you know, when things happened, we knew to get in the word. We knew how to pray, and that's right. what we did. Right. Um, and that's how we try to deal with things. So most of the stuff that you know would come to us in a in a tragic situation would be things that were close to us or people that are close to okay. us or people we knew uh, other than you know big big news that there's no way right. you can miss it right but um at that time i can't even remember really think about many situations that are happening like today i can't really think about many of them that i remember from that time of being right. in high school yeah uh, again i was always hooping i was always trying to be in school and here uh-huh. a high schooler and and i wouldn't i'm not big on, i wasn't a big social media person anyway so like right. it wasn't like i was on the computer all the time we were outside playing so right then right. that wasn't really something that I don't know. I'm gonna say I wasn't focused on, but maybe I wasn't in the age to where I was mature enough to understand or yeah. try to understand or even had enough mental capacity to try to um, get into that space yeah. and understand that. 
Yeah, I know it's it's a lot, and I think in today's age, social media has changed that a lot for mm-hmm. you know this generation now, this Gen Z, where you know you see students that are playing in high school and middle school levels that now are kneeling or take a knee because right. they're seeing this online or yeah. you know it's big news and so they have they're like the, be honest with you, they have a bigger responsibility than we yeah. did at that age to have to deal with things like this. Yeah, yeah. I never thought about that. Like now that you bring that up, it's like. Mm-hmm. Social media can make these kids celebrities before yeah, exactly. they, they make the money. Exactly. And to think about that responsibility at that age, these kids are doing, actually doing a pretty good job, if you ask me. Yeah. Uh, and dealing with that because I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, people knew that we played basketball and things like that, but like to this level of videos coming out all the time, people can see in your every move. People want to come and see and videotape you. Like people came and watched us play, but it wasn't to this level. And again, I got to uh, commend these kids for you know standing up for what is right, standing up for what they believe in. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I know it's hard, but trying to be themselves in this whole thing of fame and and everybody wanting to be the most popular person in the world. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I love Justin's transparency in what he's about to share. I bet a lot of you can relate. Check this out. Like around the time when Cap was kneeling in a Trayvon Martin situation, all that type of stuff. And... Again, of a, a situation of stuff that was shouldn't happen. Tough to deal with, tough mm-hmm. to understand, um, and a hurting black community. I one on social media wasn't doing much on it. Uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't, and I still. I mean, I do some now. I'm not big on social media because I don't. Be honest with you, care if people <laughs> like me or not. <laughs> right, uh, right, right. I'm a private person. I don't want people right. to see too much of what I'm doing, but. I understand the social media aspect to life in the business. Yeah. And so that's why I am on it. I understand the, the outreach tool. I have. I, yeah. I understand the responsibility I have as my job and being on there. So I definitely use that now. And I think I understand that more now than I did then. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's one thing. Also, again, being in the mental space of putting myself completely I can't say completely because it's not me going through it, but more into other people's shoes, you know, hurting. Mm. I was always hurting. Yeah. But to actually sit and think about it, like I have children now. Yeah. So now once you have children, your mind can see that a little more. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a different situation for me. Um, And again, I was trying to make it in the NBA. My my mental space was so filled up of how can I make it? How can I stay on this team? How can I Uh support my family? And not in a space of don't worry about what you have going on. Let God take care of that. How can mm. you help others? How can you bring God to others? How can you pray for others continually? How can you not only pray, but put action behind that prayer and faith? And that's the difference yeah. between then and now. Um, and again, I think it just comes with growing up, comes with becoming yeah. more mature, going through things in life, and understanding that, uh, you know, one, it's not all about you. It's not all about right. how you can get this done and make it. You're going to get to where you're going to get. You put the work in. You do those type of things. Don't worry past that point. And to actually mm-hmm. use your your job, use your talents, use your you your your whole being for others. Mm-hmm. God put us on earth to you know for all of us to do this together, right. to fight for one right. another together. So uh, that's why we have so many people, uh, and mm-hmm. that's why we have so many different people. To bring different yeah. things to the table. And so right. I understand that type of stuff now. And that's why it was different for me. And it really got magnified through the shutdown uh, with the pandemic. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and everybody that, was paying I think attention. That was, I think that was a big deal because yes. you were paying attention in the past, but we were doing this while we were paying attention. Yeah. Now you were seeing it. You had no option but to feel. And shoot, saying this now, to think about the people that don't understand or can't even remotely put themselves in that space is like, man, I don't... Mm. what's really going on mentally because mm-hmm. yeah. I don't care what someone looks like anybody yeah. going through this situation feeling this yeah. uh, pain of your family member being gone mm-hmm. being killed I don't care who you are I'm going to feel a certain type of way I'm going yeah. to hurt for you yeah yeah. And it's called empathy yeah. you're, you're talking yeah. about I'm empathy a, I'm going to have a lot of empathy for you like yeah. I, I don't understand how other people don't but again it's a world of a whole bunch of different people and people that feel different ways have different opinions and I understand that so uh, and I don't I'm not, I don't want to sit here and say you should feel this because that's not me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I've learned a long time ago to not say you should. Yeah, Cause, that's good. Because I can't tell you how you're supposed to be. Yeah, you're gonna learn these things a different way. I can just try to show you how we're feeling and just pray and hope that you have empathy for what we're feeling, what these people are going through. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like where I am now, and what I was able to feel, like I was crying about these situations. I know a lot of us were mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. the stuff that was happening. Yeah. Um, Shoot, hearing my daughters cry around that time or when it was really, really fresh mm-hmm. made me cry because I, you know, it's crazy that it might sound to people. And one thing about me is I don't care what people think about me. Yeah. I, I speak the truth. I tell you how I feel 100%. You can mm-hmm. take it as believe it or not. But like when my daughters would cry, I would feel as if they were crying, as if their dad was gone. Like when I would hear mm-hmm. them cry, that's the feeling I would have. Right. And I would just break down. And my wife was like, What's wrong? I was like, This is all just so heavy. Like, think about George Floyd's daughters yeah. daughter like his kids like yeah. think about that and it, so yeah. that's kind of all that was hitting me during yeah. that time and again while we're able to sit in the house and see it yeah as much as i wanted to be away from the news as i see certain not see certain things one with social media it was going to happen but two i needed to see that i needed to not keep myself away from that and again i'm in the space and have a platform to be able to speak up for what is right mm-hmm. and uh, we need people that because there's a lot of people that are speaking up for what is wrong and standing up boldly yeah we need people yeah. to stand up for what is right. And uh, so that's why I feel, that's why I did it, but that's why I feel others have as well um, yeah. with the recent yeah, that's situations. Good. That's good. And I think, you you know, you mentioned like Trayvon and different ones. I think a lot of us, like there's this like catalytic events that get our attention where we knew about these things, but then there's these catalytic moments that that push us to, to do something, to say something, to, to, right. to be a part of um, change. Do you feel like the partnership with the um, NBA has with the players helped to amplify your voices? Um, you know, not just um lebron james but like your your voice and Mm -hmm. also george hill and so many others who were really saying hey i'm this this moment i'm not gonna miss this um i'm gonna make sure i do Mm -hmm. my part however small that part is or however large that part is i'm gonna make sure that you know um this legacy that i'm leaving you know, there's a stamp on it that says that, you know, I wasn't just um, tending to my own business in this time, but I was tending um, to the business of uh, of others and also to the business of, of my Heavenly Father. So, yeah. you know, it, do you 100%. feel like that the NBA helped amplify that? I mean, we wouldn't have this platform if mm-hmm. we didn't have the NBA. Um, yeah. yeah. And again, like you said, there's a reason why we're in this position. God made me a basketball player to be able to have this platform. God made my story what it is, the struggles mm-hmm. I've gone through, 
to help someone else. So it's yes, it is my story, but it's for other people. Um, yeah. I mean, think about the people in the Bible. Their stories are for us to yes. learn from. Yes. And yeah. He uses each of us in a certain way mm-hmm. to get uh, understanding across, get His word across, and mm-hmm. that's what I am. Mm-hmm. I'm here doing what God's plan is. Yeah. And without the NBA. <laughs> This about the NBA, it wouldn't happen this way. Now, yeah. God's plan would be something else for me if it wasn't in right. the NBA. So, right. of course, the NBA is a big reason why we're able to do this. And again, it was a big reason why I decided to go back. Uh, I wanted to make sure I had, at the end of the day, man, as an as a NBA player, we have a responsibility. Mm. And, it's, and the responsibility is bigger than just making sure that you're good, period. Mm. Mm. I don't care how selfish you want to be in this league. Once you have this celebrity, because I don't consider myself as such but once you be have a certain level of fame people mm-hmm. looking at you no matter how big or small your following can be you have a responsibility to right. speak about what is right to stand up for what is right and to uh to step in that place that's why i don't understand what people talk about just shut up and dribble yeah you know we have that responsibility we have a responsibility yeah. especially for the black community speaking for myself yeah. being african-american of being an example for these young kids yeah yeah. Not to, so not so they can be an NBA player. No, so they can be the best men and women they can be in That's life. Right. That's so. And good. so God has blessed me to one understand that, but blessed me with my career. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, my skill, my talent, uh, my tongue, being able to speak so in good. front of anyone to be able to mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. And hundred percent, the NBA allows us to be able to. And going back, like I said, was a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why I went back is I, I was like, you know, what? I can make a stand and not go. And I'm gonna make a stand yeah. and not go. Yeah, they'll see that for a little bit, but like the social media stuff, you get moved over quick. Yeah. Who's yeah. gonna care? Be honest. Who's gonna care if Justin Holiday didn't yeah. go to the bubble and play? Other than my teammates and the people that you know would have felt like I let them down. Mm-hmm. Nobody. They wouldn't yeah. be like, oh, he did this for that. They'd be like, oh, he's letting his team down. It would have got flipped. Going to play allowed yeah. us to, and they, and the NBA did a good job. Make it, you know, lie on guys being interviewed, asking the questions, mm. having a tough conversation. So, uh, yeah, the NBA, like I said, it, it wouldn't happen without them. Yeah. What are some other, um, you know, programs and causes that are near and dear to your heart that you um, that you've participated in? Uh, well, one thing that me and my wife do. So when I was growing up playing basketball, uh-huh. the first AAU team eh, was it the first the first serious one, I think that I can remember. Uh, I played for the Boys and Girls Club in Pasadena. Okay. And my wife went to the Boys and Girls Club down in Ruston uh, every now and then. So mm-hmm. that was a place that children and families, um, families and, and children mm-hmm. have a very, very close space to my heart. And that's where we do a lot of, you know, working in the community and giving back. And so the Boys and Girls Club is actually who I've been partnering with down in Ruston, Louisiana with, I have a basketball camp there every summer. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, and Again, I don't like to talk about myself, but I don't take any money. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the money we build, we raise for the camp. The kids mm-hmm. that come goes to the Boys and Girls Club. Okay. Uh, and last year, I think we raised like a hundred thousand oh, so around good. that. So each year, that's yeah. what happens. Mm. Um, and so this year, I couldn't have that camp mm. because yeah, yeah, because of the uh, we're on lockdown. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're on lockdown. So what we actually did was we still reached out to these people and said we can't have the camp. Uh, but we still want to give back. And I did some campaign and stuff with them. And we raised, I think, around the same amount of money oh, without awesome. actually having a camp. And uh, that's, you know, one of the things I recently have been doing and 
being involved in. Um, there's other places we give. I give yeah. actually in every city I played in. Mm-hmm. I played in like seven of them. Yeah. And me and my wife make sure we find a way to still continue to give back to the places that, yeah. one, have been our home, places that have accepted us, and the, uh, the people that have accepted us have been so kind. Justin said he and his wife, Shanika, have given back to every community they've lived in. Over his career, Justin has played for seven teams, which means seven cities. Really take that in. That got Latasha thinking. So she asked this question. Are there other players, like we know that there are so many other players like yourself um, that are doing the same thing. Who comes to mind um, of someone that you know um, this, you know, using their voice. Um, oh, the I can same name way. a lot of people. I know, just name I can a name few. A lot of just people. name a few. Avery Bradley. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie. Uh huh. Dwight Howard. George Hill. Yeah. My brother Drew. Yeah. Uh, man, I mean, almost everybody that was in the bubble that got interviewed. My youngest wow. brother, Jimmy Butler. Yeah. I can go down the list. I can literally name almost it. every NBA player. Like every guy, especially the guys that went and played that, I, you know, saw firsthand. But right. there's guys that are doing so much behind the scenes yes. and uh, different things that aren't being Publicized. spoken about, which yeah. is fine. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like every guy in some way, yeah. can't say every guy, but I know a lot of the guys have been doing a lot of different things, which is big because the more people we have helping, the more that can be covered and, and, yeah. and, yeah. and you know, kind of help change, help change, help change, help change, help change, help change. Wow. This is so good. Let's take a really quick break and we will be back shortly. Be prepared to learn something new. If you are listening to today's podcast and would like to become a bridge builder in your community, guess what? Be The Bridge programs are available for youth, college students, adults, BIPOC, and transracial adoptees and adoptive parents. Our desire is for people to have healthy conversations about race, so we've provided guides to lead people through these discussions. Visit our shop at BeTheBridge.com to grab a guide and start conversations in your community. Thanks for staying with us. Let's pick up Latasha's conversation with today's guest. A number of athletes run toward the spotlight and document every trivial thing they do purely for attention. That made what Justin said here so fascinating. Okay, okay. So vlogging in a bubble was easier for me because it's like, you know what? People want to see yeah. the behind the scenes, but I'm continuing to vlog yeah, now that I'm outside yeah. of the bubble. And the thing is, the reason why I got into YouTube, uh-huh. YouTube, I've watched YouTube for years. When I was overseas uh-huh. playing, it helped me. It was like my Netflix. Oh, okay. It helped me like get through times. There's people's vlogs I watched. And people that vlog literally helped yeah. and change people's lives. Yeah. And so like I watch people's vlogs now. I was like, dang, it's so exciting he's doing yeah. that, even though it's something I can probably yeah. never do. So then I try to kind of remember that yeah. when I'm doing this. But again, not doing too much of the flaunting, but showing exactly. what I am doing. So that's where I'm struggling. It's like a thin line between showing people certain things yeah. and not... And I still struggle with it, with yeah. the vlogging and stuff now. Sometimes I'll vlog it and not show. But then at the same time, I like that I record it because I can go back and watch. I can show my yeah. kids. And that's another reason why I did the bubble is to be able to go back and hopefully we don't have to do a bubble again. To be able to go back and like, this is what it was like yeah. in the bubble. Like, I have all this footage that's from it. Good. And uh, yeah, social media is yeah. a tough thing to do. If, if you're people like us that d- don't want to be... And don't want to show so much. Like I don't, I don't want people. Like, I don't have my children on social media. I want to protect yeah. my children uh, from nasty comments. Because you can talk about me all you want, but you start talking about my family That's a and whole my kids. Thing, right? 
then yeah, I turn yeah. into a different person. So <laughs> I want to try yeah. to protect them from, you know, being out there. And, and so like, I, I'm vlogging now, right? And they can be in the vlog, but like if I post a vlog with them, I'm alerted. Yeah. I'm out. sure like, at just, this point, you have to wonder how Justin remains the man that he is. So Latasha asked this question. Do you have a pastor or a spiritual leader um, or who a mentor or someone that you look up to that's helping um, mm. you navigate a lot of this? Well, I mean, first of all, my parents okay. were. Um, well, I, they're my, still <laughs> yeah. my parents. My parents are. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, from the yeah. young age, that's who I would always go to and about anything. Obviously, them being my parents. And they would, you know, put me right to the word, pray uh -huh. for me. Uh, my grandmother... She has, I think she has dementia. Yeah. I don't know how, what grade mm -hmm. it is, but isn't doing great with it. But she used to be someone that I remember she would call me all the time in college. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm praying for you and I have the scripture and be right on time. Yeah, you know how yeah, God works, right, right on, on time. <laughs> and uh, she was someone that was huge. And then, so now me being, you know, married and stuff, um, there, and I'm moving around. Like when I live in New York, uh -huh. uh, and I used to go to uh, Hillsong, okay. which I still watch okay, them at times. Okay. But yeah, so I have so many friends yeah, from there yeah. that I, I still speak to. Uh, there's actually a guy, Liz and Rustin, another uh -huh. friend from, <laughs> he was my dad's friend, my parents' friends uh -huh. when I was younger. But me and him became very, very close. And he has mentored okay. me a lot uh, spiritually. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, being him going through so much of life and his ups and downs has helped me a lot. Um, yeah, man, there's it's just so many, there's so many people I feel like that have, have helped me, and I feel like that's what again God has made us to be. It's not going to just be a you could do it by yourself. Because I used to be that right. person. I used to think I can do this by yeah. myself. I can do this alone. No, I'll, I'll get in the word. You know, I'm gonna continue to be in the word and saying the words. Like there's other things that other people can yeah, teach you. That's so um, important. And. Yeah, that's been that's been. Big and I think for me. just even from uh, you know those like uh, we have be the bridge youth that are listening to this. I think that's important mm -hmm. for people to okay, yeah. you know hear what you're saying. It's like, hey, you know, yes, I can get in my word. I have my parents, but it's also good to have people to to help you along this journey. Yeah, if you understand that at a younger young age, it will help. The thing is, I was I was prideful in the sense of like, you know what? No, I don't need to put this on uh, other people. I need to do this myself. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, it's not their problem, and and one not wanting people to know my business yeah. or look at me a certain way because I yeah. am struggling, and hopefully you can learn sooner and later that it's actually yeah. okay. If you have to go to counseling, it's yeah, okay. That's good. Uh, and and you be honest with you, it's probably something I yeah, recommend that's a good word. to have somewhere you can go to let your stuff go out and not hold it in because I used to be the type of just mm -hmm. hold it in. And you know, be angry, upset about not making teams or how I was treated or this that, and the rest, and. I also feel like, you know what? Yeah, this is my struggle, but some people have worse struggles mm -hmm. than you, Justin. You shouldn't feel this way. It's like, no, what you're going through, if it's something that you're struggling with, it's what you yeah. struggle with. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Don't allow, don't take yourself out of, uh, don't don't make yourself less yeah. worthy uh, than you should be. You're a child mm -hmm. of God. Your problems are your problems. Just like, you know, I might not struggle with certain things somebody else does, or because of my job, I have to deal with certain things. Doesn't mean that, uh, my problems aren't just as bad or, or just as tough for me than as they are mm -hmm. as somebody else. There's different things for different people. So that was something I had to learn was, no, just because you might have it better in this situation than somebody else doesn't yeah. mean anything. Or just because, you know, I'm struggling with, uh, let me try to think of something. Like, uh -huh. I got cut. Okay, you got cut. That's something that's tough for you. But somebody else like, lost their mm. brother. It's like, you know what? At this, so, again, it's a yeah. thin line. 
helps you get out of it. You know, adjusting is not as bad as it can be, but it also is something you need right. to address because yeah. it's real for you. Yeah. A lot of people only put emphasis on loving your neighbor, as it states in Mark 12, 31. But one can't love their neighbor until they start with one other person. What Justin says here is golden. Don't miss it. You have to make sure you're happy with yourself mm. and love yourself before anything That's else can so happen. Good. And when and and once you can get to that point of loving yourself and being happy with what you have, who you are, what's mm. in front of you, um, and learning to be thankful for those things, it doesn't matter what works for you and what doesn't mm-hmm. matter. What what you succeed at or don't, or what you fail at, I should say, mm. and don't. You will be grounded in, you know what, I'm confident in who I am. I'm thankful for who I am. And uh, and, and that means a lot because it helped mm. me because I used to mm. struggle with being cut and not playing mm. well. Now I can go play the game. I can play horrible. I'm fine when I get home. I used to not be that way. Many of you Indiana Pacer fans may have noticed a shirt that was being worn by the team one night in the bubble. Let's pick up the conversation here. I wanted to talk about the shirts that you created and and mm-hmm. why um, you have one of them on. I know everybody else is not yeah. going to see it right now, but they'll get to see it soon. Yeah. Um, but tell us a little bit about the shirt and um, why you created it and what do you, okay. what message did you, do you hope to send with it? Okay, so um, actually when I was... I did one. I was able to do one uh, peaceful okay. protest. Uh, it was something I wanted to make sure I, me and my wife were able to do because, again, going through the process of trying to yeah. figure out if I want to play or not, uh, how am I going to stand on the right side of history mm. and stand up for what is right. Um, I, me and my wife was like, you know, you know, our daughter's going to be like, what did you do during mm. this time when they when they grow up? And we wanted to tell them we were able to go and protest and we were able to go and do this and go vote and other things yeah. that I did and or continue to do. And so I was like, I want to make, I already have my clothing line. I didn't, I was working on my website, so I didn't really have the the big drop. I sold some holiday season shirts during the holiday time, just kind of see what it was like, because I learned everything from yeah. trial and error. <laughs> and I learned like, ooh, you need to go back to the drawing board <laughs> and figure this out. And so in figuring this out, I have a whole bunch of other gear. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, I'm about to drop this website, but I want to find a way to, I can, that I can uh-huh. help. Um, and helping the way that it continues to help. So it's not just like one time. I mean, you know, I give to yeah. certain things, you know, monthly, but like find a way where I can have people yeah. involved, k- kind of bring people together, have people stand up with us in solidarity mm-hmm. and still just find just a cool way to have something that we can wear, mm-hmm. we can do. And I was like, you know, what? I want to make a shirt. I don't know what I wanted to say, but I want to make a shirt. So I'm like thinking about things and looking at things and somewhere I saw uh, in my mm-hmm. next and somebody pro- protesting. And I was like, I was like, that's perfect mm. because, and it's perfect for the whole community mm-hmm. uh, thinking that way, but specifically for an NBA mm-hmm. player. Yeah. Because again, I'm going to be brutally honest. They look at us, some people, mm-hmm. not all people, some people really uh, see us as human beings. Um, yes, they see us as celebrities. Mm-hmm. Some of us, I'm not gonna say myself, but uh-huh. see the celebrities and have us in a certain place, but they still treat us as human beings like we're other people uh, that we matter. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that only tolerate us or accept us because we're NBA players. I have situations where I go places that, uh, you know, I'm treated a certain way because I'm a black yeah. man. And once they find me an NBA player, it's like, oh, he's cool. He's a good, he's a black guy that's mm-hmm. cool. We're good. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I say that to say, 
there are people that really, 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 like, for example, mm-hmm. LeBron. I, or let me say other people's names. I'm not trying to sing out one person like LeBron, Steph Curry, uh, Kyrie, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler's, the big yeah. names. For the people that really, really, really love that player, even if you love him just for him being a player and he's on your team, you just mm-hmm. love him as a celebrity. Like, you know how people get, or if you love mm-hmm. him as a person. What if that happened mm-hmm. to him? How would you mm-hmm. feel? And saying this specifically to the Caucasian mm-hmm. community, because that's where we have yeah. the divide. Uh, not not only yeah. there's other races too, but just specifically yeah. here in America and what we're we're talking about. If that if some something happens to that person, is if this happened mm-hmm. to that person specifically, uh, unjustly got killed by a police officer or by somebody mm-hmm. else that was racist, how would mm-hmm. you feel about that? Mm-hmm. You would mourn, you would hurt the way we are hurting for our black community. So that's why I was like, I want to make mm-hmm. these shirts. And it was important for me to make sure we wore them while I was there. Mm-hmm. To see that it's like the my next shirts are specifically talking about NBA players. It's mm-hmm. for everyone. It can be any person can wear it. But it started specifically with us having this uh, platform, having this fame. If this happened to us, you would treat us. You would treat that yeah. situation differently because it's a black person. You don't know. You mm-hmm. know we're near. You don't mm-hmm. care, or you can't seem to try to mm-hmm. understand. Let's say it that way. If it was one of us, not saying me, because I'm sure people, some people don't care about me, but there are people that do. You would try to find a way to understand what mm-hmm. that feels like, and that's why I made this shirt. Now it says in my next, but then it also has, I don't know how many names, hundreds yeah. of names of African Americans. Oh, not even just African Americans, people of color. Mm-hmm that have been killed by someone that mm-hmm. was racist, that have been killed unjustly by a police officer, by police mm-hmm. brutality, that have been killed in a situation from a cop. And some people might not see it as police brutality or like the cop could have done the right thing, maybe mm-hmm. or maybe not. But when there when there's answers needed from the mm-hmm. family uh, in the case, uh, in, the, in the law situation, that there's mm-hmm. no answers, there's no further investigation, there's no mm-hmm. uh, closure for mm-hmm. a family. Those people's names are on here as well because that's not okay. There's there's a, there's a reason why certain things, there's gray area mm-hmm. in certain things. Mm-hmm. That's, and me being the person I am, if there's not, a, you can't give me a clear reason why this is this way, why this happened, why that person was killed, um, why a police officer got let off, if there's gray area, if there's no, all of a sudden, no video footage, mm-hmm. there's no body cam footage, yeah. videos are erased. If those things are missing, all of a sudden, we don't we don't show it now or we have it, but we're not yeah. going to speak about it. If there's gray air, regardless of mm-hmm. maybe you guys can't be right, yeah. I don't roll with yeah. it. And that's not okay. There should be, just like a white person being exactly. killed, nine times out of ten, they're getting all the facts of what happened, how it went down. We're going to mm-hmm. rush this to you. There's people, there's a person here in Indiana. The officers involved in the deadly shooting of Mikhail Rose are back on the job. They returned to work. Uh, was killed by police officers late night. There's multiple stories of how it happened, what went down. He posted some stuff on his story about when it happened. I think he ended up dying on his mm. story. That was deleted, taken down. There was no body cam footage, but they say he was doing this. He say he shot at cops. Okay, I'm not saying he didn't do that. Yeah. What I'm saying is, why don't we know exactly what the fact is? Why has it been, it's been a hundred something days maybe now, the family has no closure. They don't know what mm-hmm. really happened. Mm-hmm. That's not yeah. okay. The person can't come yeah. back now. 
It's not like we're asking yeah. you to bring him back. We want to have closure. We want to have justice for these people. And so there are people like that on this. Because I know that some people look at the show like, everybody on there didn't get treated this way. This didn't happen to them. Well, it did. Because I know if it was, again, somebody else of different skin yeah. color, they would have yeah. their answers. Nine times out of ten. Not every time, because I know it's not perfect. They would have their mm-hmm. answers. They would have justice. And they're able to do all these random. You know, we want justice for this yeah. and that. And we're going to hop up and hurry up with us no we're waiting yeah. Yeah. months years before yeah. something happens finally had trials for other you yeah. know george yeah. floyd um brianna taylor finally mm-hmm. had trials like yeah. come on yeah yeah that stuff's yeah. not taking they're not taking their time with other people and that's not okay and period. some of it is not even going to trial like brianna's trailer it's got hung exactly up in the, the grand jury right so. and yeah. I, let me say this before we continue on because people get this uh-huh. so mixed up Oh, you only no. Every person in the world deserves exactly. this. Exactly. Every human being, no matter if you're white, you're black, you're brown, you're yellow, you're red. Yes. Every person. So every person should be fought for yeah. in this way. And the reason why we are, in your words, making a big deal about it now is because no one else yeah. cares about us. We're the only people we have yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. And so if you take care of us, if things are taken care, if, if justice is done. You know, we're all yeah. sinners. We're going to yeah. make mistakes. Things aren't going to go the right way. One, yeah. own up to that. Don't go out there and make a mistake as a cop and you trying yeah. to get off. You got to take what you got to take for that. You do what you do. That's yeah. That's on you. You know, that, that you did it. Take that mistake and own up to it yeah. and be honest. Because if it happened to you or somebody in your family, you would want somebody yeah. to do that for you. And so I just want people to understand that we have to stand up for, I have to stand yeah. up for my people. Yeah. And the thing is, I'll fight for anybody that right. is done wrongly right. or unjustly. Don't matter yeah. what you look like. I will yeah. do it. I will post about any t- person yeah. of, of color. So, uh, please just stop trying to make it yeah. about we're, we're doing this for certain re- like no we really care yeah. about our people I care about my people and I care about yeah. all people I played all over the world I played basketball in every not every country I played basketball in shoot uh, so many countries I've seen other people I've seen other cultures and I love other yeah. cultures I love seeing people that yeah. are different and we have a problem being here in America that no America's the way like mm-hmm. no it's not mm-hmm. Yes, we have a place where we can be free and live right. a certain way. Other people don't have that. But there are other places that are beautiful. There are people that are beautiful. Languages that are beautiful. Cultures yeah. that are beautiful. And you need to open up your eyes because at the same time, you're missing yeah. the world yeah. by just being so shut in, living in your, you know, your house in America, if you're doing well or not. The talk. For some of you, this is a discussion where parents discuss sex and responsibility with their kids. But for black parents, there is another talk. Trust me, as a black mother, I know. This other talk comes whether your black son or daughter is a Christian, a star athlete, classical violinist, or STEM major. On this podcast, we like to educate, and there's something here to learn as well. Listen. How I was raised as a black man and things I had to be taught um, when I get stopped, what I wear when I go out. I remember my mom used to really not like us wearing Mm. do-rags out, which I understand. Uh, it It makes you look a certain way. But now that I've grown up, it's like, you know what? That's actually part exactly. of our culture. It's like, and, 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 and explain why, explain this. Why do you wear do-rags? Like, because my brother sleeps in one, um, right. but he doesn't mm-hmm. wear it out. But yeah, why, so, why do you wear it? Yeah, I don't wear it out much anymore. But uh, so I have long yeah. hair, I have braids. Or if you have waves, but one, when you have braids, it keeps your hair yeah. down. My braids will look <laughs> like an afro if I didn't right. have the do-rag on the lay it down. Now with waves, it helps you lay, yeah. lay your hair down and train it. So it lays your hair or trains right. your hair in the direction right. you want to go and how you want to be and help preserve right. your hair. And that is just 
you know, it, be honest with you, it helps our yeah. haircuts, our hairstyles it's last protective. longer. And that's why yeah, we wear them. It's a protective. Right. It yeah. protects our hair. And and at the same time, though, that's how it started, but it also became uh-huh. a style. It became part of our culture in, in that sense. And I will wear it out uh-huh. now. Not much, because I don't like to wear my, I like, you know, to have my hair, but I wear uh-huh. it out now. I don't know if I necessarily do it to make people uncomfortable, but I do it to show people that if you know me speaking to me right now and you know i'm not a criminal right you you know you know i'm not that so if i'm wearing this durag and in your eyes i look like a criminal well first of all i guess i look like a criminal to you anyway because i am black but if i'm wearing a durag and i'm not the black guy that has a suit on with Uh his haircut a certain way or looks a certain way people expect us to we've always as black people done that to make sure that we can be accepted do the best Uh we can to be accepted which is not completely a problem because we want to uh-huh. be successful. And we know we, as black people, I don't care what anybody says, we've been through a whole lot. We find a way yeah. to get it done and get to where we want to go. We work for yes, what we, we want. Do. We change and manipulate things to be able to do it. And especially thinking about a single yes. mother, a black uh-huh. woman, as much as they can do, come on now, you yeah. can't. So that's what we've always been trained to do is to do this. To do this is like, you know what, forget mm-hmm. that. I'm in a space to where I don't have to do that to be mm-hmm. To, to uh-huh. make money. Right. <laughs> and so at times I will wear a do-rag. Um, the reason why I actually have my hair long and braided is for oh, that reason. Okay. Cornrows are part of yeah. our, uh-huh. our hair braided. It's yeah. part of our culture. And so that's why I actually have long hair. I've always liked having long hair, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to cut my hair short because they accept me more and have a short haircut. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying other people do that, but yeah. that's my reasoning. And, and you like I it. I want to express my culture. Yeah, and I, and I like yeah. it 100%. But like, there's a meaning behind it as well. Like, I want to express yeah. my culture as yeah. much as I can. And having these braids and having different designs and allowing people to be creative braiding my hair and doing different things. Like, there's so much that, that, that goes into it. And so, uh, yeah, that's, that's a big, big deal to me and is not being afraid of expressing mm-hmm. Yeah. Myself, my people, and, and, and finding ways to do that. Okay. This touched me. Listen. Again, I'm so excited to be able you know, be working and partnering together. And uh, I just have to say that you've been doing a great job. Like I said, when I heard the uh-huh. podcast and then when I went on, it was like, this is exactly what yeah. we need. We need to be able to try to build yeah. this bridge between yeah. the two. Because I'm not the person that wants, oh, no, I'm going to let people do this. And I want us to you know i want white people to be hurt it's like no i want us to be yes, able to live together yes. and love one another and you you understand you understand that and you guys are doing it man so i have to say one congratulations keep working and keep doing it i'm glad i get to be a yeah, part of it yeah. now <laughs> and, I, and and you see that too like in the bubble like you see with everything that's happening that how some of the the, the white players are locking arms with you guys in that mm-hmm. and so um yeah because they, yeah. they love us they see yeah. us like brothers they they're like the people that are actually able to be right mm-hmm. with us they know yeah. us every day like if something happened like that in their community we'll all be backing them up and i'm so thankful for all those guys. I mean, one guy I actually have to point out who I thought did a great job, and he's not even my teammate, was uh, Miles oh, Leonard that plays okay. for Miami. And he has a brother that is in the okay. service. So he actually stood through the national anthem, which I didn't yeah. care. Let me say this. Uh, how you express yourself is how you, you express yourself. I didn't, I, I'm not a person that's bothered when somebody wanted to stand okay. or kneel, just to make sure we understand. But he stood, and they interviewed him, and he, man, he spoke so well about how he, like, I'm getting chills yeah. thinking about it because I've never, I haven't spoken to him much, but I've uh-huh. never told him this. But he's talked about how he has a brother in the service and how he feels like he needs to stand up to make sure, you know, he's standing up for his uh-huh. brother and his brother that fought for us. And he said at the same time, 
um, I think he might have his hand on yeah. his teammate or something. He's like, but I want my black um, African American brothers to know that I'm there for them and I stand for them yeah. as well. And like, it just yeah. like I'm literally I'm yeah. getting goosebumps. Like, like I just think about like the feel that love from someone that doesn't yeah. look like us is what I want, and he understands yeah. it. And he was able to show, no, I st- I support the uh, I support America. I support yeah. the military, which I do as right. well. They allow me to be free. But he's like, I also yeah. support my African-American yeah. brothers and sisters, man. I thought that was big. So he was one person, man, that I really, I wish, I guess I would have said something to him, but we played him in playoffs and <laughs> lost. I was like, you know what? <laughs> not talking to you. It's not too late. <laughs> not talking it's to you. It's not too late. You can send, you can send <laughs> yeah. him this podcast. It's not too late. Like, and I think, you know, the yeah. perfect thing to end this is like, you know, it's not an either or, it's a both and. And it's like, we can yeah. stand for something and also support, you know, he could stand for his brother, but also support his black brothers and sisters and so um, there's a way to yes. do that and um so i'm so grateful for you and i'm um, so thank grateful you. for this time and i look forward to talking to you yeah. again i okay. have fun thank you the beauty and real magic of sports is the ability to assemble a community of talented individuals based on merit this means that people of different backgrounds, ethnicities, and cultural groups come together to reach common goals, creating the opportunity for the people to not only find common ground, but to work together to create common ground for others. In every community or group, the cream rises to the top. Justin has risen to become a voice and leader inside and outside the NBA, and we are blessed that he and Shanika are part of the Be The Bridge family, working with us in the fight for social justice and the goal of racial reconciliation. Till next time, as Latasha always says, let's build bridges and not walls. If you are a member of the Donors Table, you get access to today's unedited episode. Go check it out. Thanks for listening to the Be The Bridge podcast. To find out more about the Be The Bridge organization and or to become a bridge builder in your community, go to bethebridge.com. Again, that's bethebridge.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, remember to rate and review it on this platform and share it with as many people as you possibly can. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Today's show was edited, recorded, and produced by Trayvon Potts at Integrated Entertainment Studios in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. The host and executive producer is Latasha Morrison. Lauren C. Brown is the senior producer. Trayvon Potts was our transcriber. Please join us next time. This has been a Be The Bridge production. Be The Bridge, 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 Be The Bridge. Be the bridge.